listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello, people, and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and welcome to uh, Rockin' Pod Month Continued. And on today's episode, we got a great interview with Mr. Rick Fox. Rick Fox is an interesting character. He seems like the guy that kind of, I guess you could say, he was there for a lot of stuff in the 80s, but he never quite, like, was on time in a way. Like, he was in a band called Steeler with Ron Keel. I'm going to put it, they're great. I'm going to put a song by them at the end of the episode. They made one album and then they kind of uh, fell apart. Then he was in Wasp for a hot minute, but he left before Wasp kind of took off. And then he was in a band called Sin. And then Sin went through a lot of changes and actually got pretty close to putting out an album, but uh, that unfortunately imploded as well. So now he's kind of, uh, he's playing in some tribute bands and he's kind of this, like, I, I guess you could say he's a, uh, he continues to champion rock. He continues to play. The rock and roll spirit is alive with this man, and I loved talking to him. I do have to apologize. The audio for this one's a bit rough. I was still, like I said, I think in a previous episode, getting my bearings for this type of recording environment, but it's still a cool interview, and I encourage you to listen all the way to the end. Uh, check out uh, his tribute bands. To uh, uh, One is, he's in a tribute band to Deep Purple, and the other is UFO. They're both great, uh, but for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy some rock and roll. Oh, here's the pole. Where's the water? <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm here with Rick Fox now. Rick, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? It's great to have you here, brother. So uh, you've had quite the storied career in rock and roll, but I want to go all the way back to the beginning. What made you want to start playing bass? Like, what, what, where does this all begin? Uh, one of the first albums I ever got, when I was 13, was uh, the first two albums I got was The Beatles, Never Soul, and the first Steppenwolf album. Yeah. And for some reason, I gravitated to Steppenwolf. I was able at that age to grasp the material that they were writing about, uh, that they were reflecting what was going on in society, and I thought they were a very cool looking band. So by the time I, you know, black leather and all, they, they did some shows on TV, American Bandstand and whatnot, and I saw their bass player, Nick St. Nicholas. Now, this guy was known for wearing some odd things on stage. If you know what a moomoo is. <laughs> but he also wore he had his black leather pants, buckskin fringe jacket, and he had this either he was either playing Rickenbacker or Gibson E B three. And he's just doing his thing. I'm like, I wanna be like that guy. And that was my first idol or influence as a baseball player was St. Nicholas. Nice. That's incredible. Nice. And so you kind of jumped in from there. I'm sure you played with some uh, some bands in high school, and you kept going. So the first band in your career I kind of want to talk about, just because I feel like this band doesn't get you know enough dissection done on their, on their story, is Wasp. Uh, talk about how you ended up joining Wasp. I was working in New York City in the area they call The Village. In the store, like two doors down from Electric Lightning Studios. And in walked these kids who were vacationing from California. They said we came to, to, to uh, New York to see Twisted Sister play at some festival. So, really, a friend of mine. Said, wow, you know Twisted Sister? Yeah, Mark Mendoza is a friend of mine, and Mark lives in the Dictators. And uh, like that, so he said, well, you obviously look like you're a musician. I look like I had the Punky Meadows look going on, yeah. and everything at that time. And he said, what do you play? I said, I play bass. So we know a band in California, you would fit in perfectly. 
and they were talking about the system. Yeah. Second like second system. Can we get your phone number? So here's a phone number. I gave a little, little picture of me on stage one of the cover bands that played in New Jersey. When they first played the Jersey cover circuit. Club circuit. And I think that's it. I'm never going to hear from these guys again. It turns out they actually handed off my number to Blackson. Oh. And a few weeks later, I started getting phone calls from Black Wallace trying to convince me to come out to California. This is on from New York, here in New York. Uh, Blackie played the same rock scene I did in Maxwell's and, and CBGB's, but I never saw his band on any of the ads. I never saw Black, Black Rabbit playing anywhere. It was in the Staten Island band. So and I was I was hobnobbing and networking with everybody on the scene. I never heard of him before or him. But he said he found a way to fly me out to California. He convinced me to come out. And I auditioned for the band over two days. And I got the gig. And it was still called Sister at that time. Nice. And did you I also heard you came up with the name, is that true? Absolutely. Nice. Validated by Randy Piper. Oh, awesome. So were you just thinking of the bug or like were you like, now let's put some ooblots in this and kind of make it, you know, mysterious? Well, back in the day before cell phones, uh, you had regular telephone, you know, push buttons. Yeah. With a really long extension cord. Out in the courtyard outside his cottage was an avocado tree and there's leaves all over the sidewalk. So I've got a phone call from a friend in New York, and uh, I'm kicking over leaves as I'm walking around. And I kicked over a leaf, and I was, was a hornet. Uh, I stepped on it, and I, I turned the leaf over again, and I didn't kill it completely. It was still half alive. <laughs> and it's, it's moving its stinger. Yeah. And it reminded me of the old green hornet logo back in the 60s. So I go in the house, Blackie's watching a ball game, and he had already, we had already discussed it. He needs, he needs a whole, this is going to be a whole new band. He doesn't want to use the name Sister anymore. He's twisted Sister, white sister. This is going to be a whole brand new concept. And I said, well, I just stepped on a, on a wasp outside. So I think wasp would be a good idea for a band name. He looked at me and he said, it's a good idea. Keep thinking like that. <laughs> a couple of nights later, after we finished rehearsal, he got this, got us together. Me, Randy, and Tony, and I said, we got a new name for the band. And Tony goes, what? He says, wasp. <laughs> Tony goes, wasp. We need a band after a bug. The Beatles? Scorpions? Yeah. That was it. Blackie made up. So at that moment, we are the four co-founders of the band Lost. Interesting. That's really cool, man. I want to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, you jumped to Steeler, and then I read about a band called Sin, which has this really fascinating history. Like there was like a trajectory going upward, and it just never totally took off like it should. Well, after I got out of Steeler, I wanted to keep keep moving, keep moving. You know, I was still new in LA. I didn't know many people. I was like a stranger in a strange land. And I got introduced to a keyboard player, which was Rich Gilbert, who kind of looked like Greg Chakra. I said, I got to put something together real heavy. But being he's a keyboard player, he likes John Lord, Gretchen Freer, and aggressive heavy stuff. So we decided to put something together that was going to be a cross between, say, Purple, Angel, Jesus Priest. And we threw something together, and you know, I moved my name right out of the door because we played with Steeler. We were selling at the clubs. So we didn't have to go through the opening act routine. 
we missed our first show headline. Yeah. Like that. And, and open the doors, and you know, we're doing great. Within six months, it was friction again. Uh, I started finding myself getting uh, less and less uh, activity in the band. And they were planning on, they planned on stealing the name and kicking me out of the band. Oof. So, in the meanwhile, I got a phone call from a previous guitar player I played with in Sin in New York. And he was coming out to LA. He wanted to audition for Kiss. Well, Kiss already had Benny Vincent. He was already working with Kiss. I said, but I'm reforming Sin. He in the meantime was in a band called Alien out on Mungle Horde Records. And so he brought Frank Starr with him, who later was in uh, Four Horsemen. And, and we reformed a second heavier version of Sin. Right, really heavy. Yeah. So in order to, to supplement our material, because we didn't have enough and we had gigs booked, we started doing uh, alien material, the sin version. Yeah. So we took alien stuff and made it even heavier. And, and that's what happened there. And we started to rise. And we, were, you know, we, we supported Keel. Uh, we were selling out clubs. We were doing great. You know, we liked that, the LA version of like, Twisted Sister. So, I, did, I did all our costumes, and we did everybody's hair and makeup, and, you know, and, and we were uh, headlining everywhere. Uh, and then Dana Strum, we were in the studio with Dana Strum, our producer, yep. and uh, we did a really killer demo. We were, I think we were about to get signed, I think, to Chrysalis. Oh, nice. Because Dana was attached to Chrysalis with Vinny. Yep. And then Dana took one of our songs and handed it over to Vinny Vincent. Which was my song on the run. Oh no. Which became Let Freedom Rock. And wow. which, which Bobby Rock validated in his book. That's insane. So, you know, and then every time Slaughter plays somewhere, one of my friends sees Dana, he goes, they go, Hey Dana, Dana waves, he goes, On the run. Dana gives him the finger and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so he That's knows what he did. That's hilarious. This stuff happens in the business, it happened to me. That's crazy, man. So uh, I, I see my next guest showed up, so I'm going to try and wrap this up pretty pretty quickly. Uh, I hate to do that, but I wanted to ask about what you're doing now. It seems like, you know, so this podcast is also about you know being a fan of music. And you're playing in a few tribute bands right now. You're playing in UFO, a UFO tribute, and you're playing in uh, Deep Purple tribute. Talk about that. Like, does it, does it just feed the fan in you to get out and play those songs you grew up with? Well, you know, I was jamming here and there as a guest in various bands. I would jump up to a song or two. And one day on Facebook, I said, you know, I, I should have liked to find some guys to play UFO. I really like UFO. And I got contacted by a band leader with Strangers in the Night, Alex Parkinson. And, and he was playing the role of Michael Schenker in his UFO, UFO tribute band. And he asked me to come in and come in and replace their guy. So uh, I did. The entire Strangers in the Night album, from front to back, that's what we did. And, and the album versions like that. So I played with them for a few years. And while that was happening, uh, Child in Time, which is a Deep Purple tribute band, was going to be on the bill of one of our shows. So I looked them up on Facebook and I'm like, hey, these guys are pretty good. The singer looks like Ian Gillum. <laughs> so I started co-promoting them, which is something a lot of guys don't do. They don't cross-promote other bands. Yeah. They saw that as a friendly gesture. I said, hey, this guy's being cool, he's promoting us. So they asked me to come to one of their rehearsals. <laughs> and and uh, they said, would you bring your bass? I said, okay. I, I woodshed it. I, I learned about eight, eight purple songs just to make sure. And I, they asked me to jam with them. <laughs> they said, 
Would you come in and replace the guy we have? <laughs> so now I'm doing shows with both the UFO and the Deep Purple tribute band on the same night. Oh wow! So set with UF, from Deep Purple to set with UFO. Double duty. And it's either it's either face or famine. It's nothing or everything. So I, I was in both bands. <laughs> we did UFO band wasn't doing that many gigs, so I started doing more time with the Deep Purple tribute band. Yeah. And and we got to the point where we headlined whiskey and, and we did doing great. And COVID hit. I just tore everything out. Damn. Are you guys hoping to get back out and play soon? Well, I moved out of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah? So in March, we moved to Missouri. Mm. So now, once I get settled and everything unpacked, uh, I get some of the housework out of the way. Uh, so I can get my name out in Missouri. I already played with Ron Keel in Kansas City. It's Ron Keel Band and Jack Cross. Jack Cross is quite white. Right up there. And uh, there's a friend on Facebook, Tommy Ray. He's in Missouri. He's helping get my name out there. Nice. So once, once I'm settled and I'm ready, they will start looking at that potential. Nice. Sounds like there's exciting things coming your way, dude. I like that. Well, I love your carcass. Oh, thank you. Yeah, great, great frog album. And, and uh, I think Greg Lake plays the bass in that band. No, yeah, yeah, Greg Lake. Yeah, incredible bass player. I don't know why I almost said Chris Squire. I'm like, no, wait, that's yes. Oh yeah. That's my era. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. I just started diving into it recently, man. It's it's great music. Yeah, please do, man. It's been a blast having you. Thanks for coming. I know you. I know you got a little tied up, so I, I appreciate you making it. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Till next time. Peace.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.